Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Atlantic Business Spotlight. This is your hostess, Kathleen Sutherland, on behalf of businesscoachatlantic.com. Today I'm sitting down with Lisa Griffin, who is one of the founding members of Festival Inspire. Now, if you're not familiar with Festival Inspire and their work in the greater Moncton area over the last four years, this is the project that has brought to you the 32 large-scale murals that you'll see all over large walls in the Moncton area. So the goal is to beautify our downtown and bring art to the forefront in terms of community conversation and making Moncton a place where people not only want to live, but to stay, grow, and run their businesses. Lisa, thank you very much for taking time out of your very busy schedule for sitting down with me today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved or let's say inspired to begin Festival Inspire? Mm. Um, well, it was begun by um, my business partner and I um, back when we had just become sort of like part of that boomerang uh, population of a generation of, of people who had left town when they graduated high school for like, you know, 13 to 15 years and then decided that um, the rat race in other cities in comparison to, uh, you know, being able to move back home, be near family, have the forest, you know, sort of just 10 minutes away in any direction and being able to afford land and have space and a little more time off and all that jazz was like, you know, not as attractive. So home became, became attractive again. That's happening like for, I guess, boomerang population, but like not just us who are from here, but other people too, who are like, Hey, New Brunswick is a really cool place to like move to. Um, and so then being here, but being kind of like, whoa, like, there's not that much to look at. I'm not sure how I feel about, um, you know, like, living in the city. It doesn't seem like there's that much going on. And especially if you don't know people yet, then you are aesthetically kind of, like, uninspired. Um, so we were like, what can we do to make it seem like... like we know that there's a whole bunch of stuff happening under the surface, you know, like, behind closed bar doors and like in people's basements there's jam sessions and then there's like art galleries like you know if you know how to get in or you're not scared of like the art galleries being French and you're not French or like this being an English event and you're not English um just a lot of reasons why we were like how can we just flip the walls inside out um flip the floors inside out and then take um a movement to the streets so that not only the people who live here who aren't involved in like an art scene or creative industry can can be a part of that and that it's totally accessible and free and and like inviting for everyone but also for people who are driving through town which normally like Moncton would have been traditionally like a drive-through city um for them to stop and be like wait a second it looks like something's going on and so even though a mural isn't a destination which is what we do with Festival Inspire we can get into that is is, is a lot to do with murals um and putting art in public places um it's yeah it's a uh, it's not necessarily a destination but it makes the city a destination the more colorful it is that's a, that's a new term for me the boomerang generation so are you saying that having that having left home and traveled the other the other areas of the world you've seen these types of influences affecting other types of communities and in other places and wanting to bring a piece of that back home oh for sure yeah like a lot of our a lot of our knowledge comes from working with other festivals um, in our time away or 
you know, coming up with our own projects or working for other people's and also seeing, you know, like I know uh, Matt was like in Montreal for quite a while. Montreal for here, for this part of the world is like the place with culture kind of thing. Everybody talks about Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. Um, I spent the, my time kind of traveling around the globe. So like in Fremantle, Western Australia, there's this Wicked Arts Festival. They shut down the main street for, it's called the Cappuccino Strip for um, the whole week and it just takes over. Um, so for me, working with them, that was really cool. I learned a lot uh, about how it builds community, about how it builds like people's concepts, how it kind of expands your concept of the city that you live in, and, and, and also like what you can do with your own time. So yeah, definitely from working with other, other cities and seeing other cities and visiting other places. And I feel like the people who are most open to the idea of, of, of the crazy ideas that we approach them with, you know, because we're always looking for like new public spaces or new ways to use... Um, blank walls and, and that kind of thing other people who are like yeah, yeah yeah I went down to you know Florida Keys and uh there's this whole strip down there where it's all covered in murals and, and we need that kind of thing so for sure how has the attitude changed so we're, we're looking at the fourth year of festival inspired now are you noticing when you're approaching businesses and trying to uh, set up some of these projects what's the general change in attitude now versus four years ago when you were just starting this initiative Mm. Um, well, so when we first started, we went to the city and we asked for a big lump sum of money and we didn't know how things worked and they didn't know us from a hole in the ground. So, um, we, uh, they kind of like gave us a little bit of funding and said, this is how much money we have for projects like these. And we were like, projects like these? Like, as if you've seen projects like these before, like when was the last time you saw a project like this? Because we thought the project was amazing, but then now it makes sense. It's like, why you can't just give the people's money to like something that you don't understand. So we kind of just did the first two murals off of our own back. Um, Matt knew a couple of uh, artists up in Montreal. We drove up to Montreal, stuck them in the back of a van, had them do sketches on the way back. The two first people that said yes to walls are, um, and I always make this point out, people who have already taken risks. So they were both immigrant um, residents of Moncton, uh, one from Korea and one from Vietnam. So we had our first two murals done just kind of like to give an example um, of, of what we were talking about. That we weren't talking about graffiti as you know it. We were talking about um, contemporary muralism in public places. Uh, yeah, my mom made them sandwiches, like made the artist sandwiches. They slept on, the, on yoga mats on, like, in my spare rooms. I didn't have like beds for them. So we definitely like it started gorilla. And then the city kind of said, oh, wow, those are cool. We're talking large-scale outdoor public art kind of thing. So from there, we had a conversation that was like, you know, if you're going to do this, and it's going to last, and it's going to go somewhere, and we, we need to work together. And we kind of created a strategic plan as well. And then we found the strategic plan for the city of Moncton um, for the, the, cultural, the cultural plan, and they were very, very similar. So I think it's, it was obvious where, like, the holes in society were. It was obvious sort of like what the city needed and, and the Inspire Brain thought of that at the same time as the, the, the cultural plan was being written. So now I pay a lot of attention to the existing cultural plans and sometimes, you know, um, work with the city to, um, on a, you know, a couple of committees or whatever, um, to, to make sure that all of our strategic goals are like aligned. So that's a, a big step from where we were um, before. And, and now our artists don't sleep on the floor either. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's quite an expansion. So we're looking at bringing in two artists to do two small walls and sort of backing it yourself to now where Festival Inspire has installed 32 murals around Greater Moncton. 
So the logistics have obviously expanded quite a bit in that time as to what you have to organize and bring together. So now if we're talking about bringing in international artists from all over the world, can you speak a little bit about what that's like for your team to facilitate and organize this? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this year too is like the first year that everybody's jobs are really, really streamlined. You know, in the beginning it was like, like any organization or entrepreneurial kind of like company startup, it everybody's doing everything to make sure that the the event or the the product or the service or whatever you're offering is a success. Um, so now, it streamlining the jobs means that it can actually be can become bigger, build capacity, and also stay successful. Um, so like we used to have. Uh, well, it used to be Matt and I doing, like, everything. And then, like, Guillaume uh, came on board, and he was doing um, marketing com communications, but also everything else. Um, and then, you know, we had we were like, okay, like, a design team makes sense. So we brought Christine in, and we were like, okay, we maybe we need last year. We were like, okay, we need a logistics manager. So we had, like, a team of logistics. And then we were like, maybe we didn't need a design team. So then they started to expand like that. This year, the one thing I'm super happy about is that we've – divided the two um, production teams. So for us, let's say, for example, to give you an idea, we have about like 30 core people that work um, every day nonstop around the clock uh, for the week of Inspire. Uh, in the lead up of that, we have about um, I don't know, 10 people who are working like for a couple of months kind of thing. And then around the clock, it's just like three of us uh, for like around the, the year. Um, so, and we also have the other, the other festival now flash as well too. So that's in the winter. So it's like six months of programming for inspire and six months for, for flash. But so this year, um, like every other year we do put up our murals. That's like one of the core things that is a pillar of the organization and, and something that everyone expects and loves and gets excited about us and the public. Um, and then we have the production of our events. There's an event on every day. Um, we've got some really exciting kind of programming this year. We keep the stuff that works, like the color party and uh, the disco bike ride and that kind of thing, but sometimes we add in things we've been waiting for um, to A, have the capacity as a team to be able to do, and B, just sort of like, you know, see if Inspire is sticking around and then, and then add on from there. So we have a whole week of programming with events at the same time the murals are going up. And the murals are a full-time job. So we've divided those two production teams. So now we have a mural production team that has its own logistics and we have a event production team which also has its own logistics team um so there's a lot of like you know scooting around the city and making sure all the artists are well taken care of and um making sure that all of our, our partners are happy because um, we have a lot of like private sponsors we have uh now we have like you know sponsor management and that kind of thing so <clears throat> yeah it's it's a big production that um has definitely tried every year to be its be its best and I think this year it's it's at its best it can be this year for sure and much better than last year and the years before. Was it always your intention to be creating these week-long multi-event events in in conjunction with bringing in the artists and the murals or is that something that has evolved organically because of the response from the community? Hmm yeah I don't know <laughs> you know what we try to like cut the programming back every year but then it gets bigger. It's like the team is um, an amazing team of dreamers and everybody on that team wants to do something and it ends up being a week and we still have to cut things out um, but 
there's also this concept of like when we first started it's like do you know we were like we were like why don't we just put up murals like and then someone suggested it would be an event because then as a nonprofit organization running an event you can apply for specific funding for that event so we were like oh okay well then also you know it'll be great for us because then we can just put all of our work into one week which doesn't work like that for anybody who's listening and <laughs> wants to know how like event production works you're spending the rest of your year planning it right obviously and the bigger the programming the more planning there is um but so then this question came to my mind of like you know what is after kind of throwing two years at the festival I was like why a festival and I just felt like the word was like such a buzzword and like everybody wants to own their own festival and like in our circles it's like oh I'm starting a new festival here and this festival there and a festival and then they have one day event and they call it a festival and I'm just like I'm not sure what a festival is and so I like for last I always have one big question per year I don't know if you do that but like it's kind of like my theme question that I'm like trying to wonder and discover about every day until I finally come to some kind of like whoa moment of um epiphany epiphanic realization or whatever um that last year was all about what is the purpose of a festival and then I started to kind of de like compartmentalize um the reasons okay what like what is a festival so you have a whole bunch of people who are getting into one place like coming into one place um and celebrating something and then okay so you've got all these people in one place now what do you do with them like what is the purpose of them coming down are you just selling beers in a beer tent or are you, you know, showcasing art? Or are you celebrating the increase of um, color and culture that's been injected to the, the city, the heart of the city? Or are you doing all of these things and what else can we do? You know, how can we uh, have like underlays of, of education and things like that? So that's where the EcoFest um, sub kind of like layer came into play. So last year we became a green festival um, aiming for zero waste. We won the Eco360 award um, for green event of the year. We uh, kept all of our spray cans, uh, empty spray cans from last year, and now they're being turned into the bar that's going uh, into onto the riverfront for the week of Inspire called the Sputnik. Um, and then some of them were turning, were starting to produce like hanging down lights out of them. So you kind of like can open the bottom of the can off and then drill through the top and you hang a light inside right, it. Okay. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> so, and working with local artists in order to do that too. So it's like employing local artists and inspiring people like to reuse their crap that they would otherwise just throw out. And their spray cans is something we can't avoid in a street arts festival. So <clears throat> then the rest of the stuff, you know, best thing for like the four R's is the first one, which is reduce. So like if you don't make the garbage in the first place, then you won't uh, end up having to figure out what to do with it um the, the recycling and and all that jazz so um this year as well we're running um plastic free july moncton which is a challenge where you you try to cut out plastic from your life which is nearly impossible mm -hmm. but it's a lesson every day you go somewhere to shop whatever you're thinking about it's like how can i get this product or this thing that i want to eat or consume without the plastic and do I really need this thing and is there an alternative to that thing and where are the resources for me to be able to get that alternative you know is it like different businesses that are trying to also reduce plastic and then within this challenge you keep every piece of plastic that you um, consume uh, for the whole month and then you can do Facebook posts and things like that it's like okay does anybody know how I could have avoided this thing and here's how many plastic bags I used and and that kind of thing so we're, we're like kind of not only you know the platform that is Festival Inspire is 
available as a city to become more creative in so many ways. So it's like now we have everybody all in the same place. What are we going to do to to make this festival matter? Um, and it bothered me too that how much how much garbage is created through through festivals and and that that part hasn't been thought out. And then that's always like an extra thing. And it should really be a really holistically planned event. Or you know, in my opinion, you're not really doing your job. And that's an interesting thing about festivals, um, like music and art festivals occurring sort of on the outskirts of uh, mainstream society. A lot of times the only thing the public might see is the after story of how much waste and trash was left. And there's really sort of an image of these things as being about the party only. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I love about Festival Inspire is seeing elements from the art and music world and the performers that you're bringing in but involving the community and adding a touch of consciousness to it, of having a purpose to develop the downtown core and develop mm -hmm. Moncton's image as a leader in a place that people want to live. Mm -hmm. So can we go back to that question, what is a festival to you? Did you come to a definitive answer after pondering that for a year? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think that, that it does come down to having uh, a building of communities. So you, 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 and it, I like... I've always been big on throwing parties. Um, my parents know that. Mom, dad, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> they were like, you know, they'd leave for the weekend and be like, don't have a party. And I'd be like, but so many friends that I want to celebrate. So it is a celebration. And there, there can be a zero waste celebration. And there can be like meaningful conversation that's not just like chugging beers in a park. Um, and we do have some things this, this year, like uh, we have a green drinks thing. So like, you know, we'll people will come down get a an eco cup and we'll write on it with a sharpie the the questions you could talk about related to um i think the, the topic this year is is private versus public water and what that means um for like our water sources and i think that's a maybe a, a, a qp sponsored event and so things like that where we're trying to like give meaning to all of this socialization you know because there are a lot of ways that we can have more meaningful uh community building kind of things and i think that's sort of the purpose of a festival and also to have fun um and maybe like learn some skills or network you know so it's like you meeting meeting somebody who who teaches you poi and you're like whoa and i just learned like learn how to juggle that was like the coolest thing ever and then from there you get to be a happier human because your 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 time is spent more creatively kind of thing this year i had a different question um, cause I was like, okay, I've done that question. Okay. <laughs> I figured out what a festival, purpose of a festival is. We can keep it. Guys, I've decided that festival's not evil. It's like, fine, we can keep it. Um, and, uh, but what is the purpose? So actually I was working with a street art festival. The oldest street art festival in Europe, um, is from Stavanger in Norway. It's called New Art. And New Art was invited by Aberdeen, a city in the north of Scotland, to come in and uh, I think it was a five-year contract or three-year contract to put up murals and, and have meaningful conversations in their educational series called New Art Plus um, for one week per year. And this year, as I was coming back from India, I tacked Aberdeen onto the end of my, my trip and somehow convinced the team to hire me. And so I was working with the New Art team for the week. Um, and that was really, really interesting because Martin Reed is, uh, you know, the, the founder and director. He's an old hat at this game. And one of the things that they talk about in their educational series is, um, you know, how do we, if, if street art, you know, because street art would have originally been technically illegal. Because mm -hmm. somebody would have, an artist would have gone up to a wall and like 
you know, spray painted something. That maybe they're writing on the wall too. That was a big thing in Paris, like sous les pavés de la plage, or like um, soyez réaliste, demandez l'impossible. Like there's all of these like like really important sayings that were like kind of protests against what was happening, um, like in Paris or. Um, in Chile and Valparaiso I've seen tons of it and in Argentina they have like so much writing on the wall writing on the wall was one of the ways to like say what you meant and get your voice heard um, whether it had to do with politics or society or whatever but with a bit of a negative connotation as well when we think of like graffiti and, and there's sort of like a political undertone towards that sort of classic example of street art yeah yes and no like I don't know if, if you think it's negative for like people to to have, an, have a voice when the government is always kind of trying to like nail things down. Um, I think that the walls are a good place for a voice and that, that public spaces shouldn't just be used for advertising. And it's interesting too because when someone puts up a billboard, nobody protests anything. They're like, oh, you can write whatever you want up there. But then we'll put a picture of like, I don't know, what, what whatever it is. So like say for example, you use the 13-story mural on the university for an example. You go back into Facebook from last year after that mural went up. There was a very large conversation um, that was going on about uh, about the Aboriginal community in New Brunswick, um, about whether that picture should have been put there or not, whether the artist who was from England should be painting on a French university, whether you know we had gone through our process and asked everybody for permission, which is always the way. When I was watching the, we have a, like a fairly strict policy on how we, we process with murals. When I was watching the conversation online, this was last year, I was like, oh God, how do I deal with this conversation? What do I say? When do I intervene? Blah, blah, blah. And then just step back away from it because it was like so much bigger than me. What does it have to do? And I like finally realized by working with new art that the purpose of street art you know, and, and also, okay, so if everything is now trendy and we have permission for it and it's cool and everybody has a street art festival now, is it still street art? So that was a question that they were asking actually at a speaker series uh, for new art this year. And the what my take home from that was that um, it's still street art if it creates a conversation. Because that conversation really obviously needed to happen. And everybody has a lot to say about it. And a lot of the time that conversation happens on, you know, platforms like Facebook, where people are not meeting face to face, that kind of thing. But the festival itself does give the opportunity to discuss these things. And we have an artist panel and things like that. I think it still remains street art if it is creating conversation in civic spaces between people who maybe wouldn't have talked about important issues before. And so that's kind of my, my big question this year that I'm kind of playing around with inside the programming is, you know, is street art still street art? And if so, what is the purpose of it? And it kind of comes back to you to like being able to give people the opportunity to think about these things and talk about them where they might norm not normally have been visible at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the thing was like, I realized that I don't need to be a part of that conversation. That is for the community to have those moments of discussion and, and, and inspires bigger than, you know, bigger than the whole team or any one person inside the team. So it's it's kind of like it's done its job. And then if people don't get along in the public space about it, that's not my problem. You know, it's a, it's a conversational piece. So, yeah. And then it, it turned out really well. Actually, the conversation is uh, that's still on Facebook, which is now immortalized <laughs> in beautiful social media. Um, and just if anyone's listening who's not familiar with that uh, piece that you're talking about, we're talking about the representation of uh, Mi'kmaq people on the university wall that was done by, what was his name? The artist Wasp Elder from, from England. 
he was living in Brighton, I think, at the time. Now he's in London in a wicked, like, warehouse studio. Um, he really is a... He's an artivist. He's, a, he's an activist through his, his murals. Um, and that was the biggest piece he's ever done. And really happy with it. Um, yes, it is finished. <laughs> um, That's a question that, that I actually heard recently. Uh, yeah. It comes up all the time. It's just his style. If you look at, like, any of his other stuff that he's done, too, it's sort of the same. Yeah. Um, but that that is actually a, a picture... That one of the first pictures of a Mi'kmaq woman um, that was also in like the hands of Parks Canada. So we did go through asking the chiefs, um, one from each of the, the native tribes in New Brunswick, of Willowstuck and Mi'kmaq, and we asked uh, Parks Canada, and we had lots of conversations with the university about it. And they've since also had like a, a workshop, uh, just a, a conversation kind of afternoon about it as well. It's fascinating what art can do, like what a visual representation, you know, without using any words, just having an image, what it can do to stimulate thought and conversation in a community and mm-hmm. to revitalize the community and bring it together, which it seems to me is, is sort of the, the underlying foundation of all of these activities. Mm-hmm. It's for the community to bring the community together and to, to speak to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big part of the reason we do what we do is is to to try to like revitalize the heart of the the city and really like when we started we also ran the crea project which was uh highlighting vacant spaces on main street and then putting entrepreneurs and artists in in the empty ones and then um matt placed art in like all of the the vacant windows which at the time i think was like 18 like it was crazy now we're starting to see businesses actually like you can go shopping on main street now and it's not just about like going the only thing you could do before was get a drink and so it's changing um and i'm really happy about it i think that moncton is actually moving in really fun places and it's so fun to live in a city that um you can you can really be a part of it's it's easy to be an entrepreneur it's i'm not easy (laughs) I mean, I don't sleep and I eat crackers, but... <laughs> um, the opportunity is there. Yeah, I think so. And I think being part of that change is like, it's, it's open for everybody to be a part of it. So where do you see this festival going? Um, I think it's starting to really take shape to what it's more kind of permanent structure will look like. This year, we have the two new things. We have the Sputnik, which is a 30-foot geodesic dome that's getting turned into a bar um, with meaningful programming in it all week. So run from Monday to Saturday. It's a pop-up. Um, so do not miss it. It's going to be amazing. And that'll be on the waterfront? Yeah, right on the riverfront. Uh, there's like a circle down there on the trail. And uh, that's actually in the mail right now. And they should be arriving tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, and then on the Friday night, we're adding in Art in the Dark, which is kind of like you would think of like a Nuit Blanche, or like a mini Nuit Blanche in comparison to say something in Toronto. Um, or like Nocturne in Halifax. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit different, but similar. Yeah, it's like a night festival. Most cities have like a night kind of art festival. So um, we thought we would put it inside the programming of Inspire. Uh, it seems like where it fits. <laughs> so uh, we're really excited about that. At the moment we have like 23 installations. Um, they're ephemeral, so they'll just be there from 9 p.m. till 1 or 2 a.m. in some spots. And uh, they're like performances that are timed. There's installations that you can visit during during those hours uh, at any time. That There's kind of static installations. But they will only be there for one night and then they disappear. Um, just in time for Big Saturday on Saturday to happen. 
One of the things I love about the Festival Inspire uh, events is that you really see all ages there. Lots mm-hmm. of young ones and, you know, everything in between going up into the senior range. How important is it for you at uh, the festival to create these events that appeal for the whole family, for mm-hmm. all ages in the community? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, youth retention is, is part of our strategy. It's like all of our goals and stuff are on the... Um, our strategic goals and our mission statement are on our website if anybody wants to check them out, festivalinspire.com. But um, I I think that, like, you know, I grew up in Riverview, and when I was growing up, for me, I thought that art was for French people because all of the galleries were French. All of the events were vernissages. I'm like, I don't know what that word means. And then, like, I just didn't feel like it was accessible to me. I didn't feel comfortable. It felt, like, cliquey to me. So part of the my drive behind putting the art in public places is not only like for me it's like a it's like a social campaign, um, but the art in public places thing is it's like now it's accessible to to me, and it also kind of breaks down that barrier of language thing because murals don't you know they speak to you in a language that's not tied to English or French or any other language it's the the language of art, and so I think that appeals to all ages. I think that it does make Moncton cooler enough for us to stay um, and us being like the boomerang population or more of attraction for people to come back or, and it's, it's really like, it is quite subtle because it is like, it's not that the mural is a destination. It's that the city is a destination because of the murals kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Everybody does say that uh, the best part about Inspire is that everybody is there. And I think that's what they mean is the, is the all ages thing. I even really wanted to start like a knitting group for yarn bombing in uh, in the old people's homes, um, like seniors' homes. That would be really, really cool, um, but I just haven't had the capacity to do it yet. But there are ways that everybody can be... And art's therapeutic, too. Like, my dad's like a self-taught painter as of a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty sure it was so that he could just slow down and, and you know, like, I don't know, use color. Well, of course, we know that color has an effect on our emotions and our mind just Mm -hmm. in and of itself, seeing a color, seeing an image evokes so much. So I think that's a great point. It is something that transcends language or cultural identity and uh, has the capacity to move us no matter what ages or our background we are. And, And that's one of the things that's so great about art is that, you know, five people can look at a piece and have five different emotions, have five different sets of associations and and meaning of what they're looking at and what it means to them. Yeah, totally. So is there anything special that we can look forward to? Any secrets you can give us about the upcoming programming for Inspire this year? Um, I think I already gave those two away. Let's, oh, let's just say that if all goes well on the disco bike ride, um, there's so we always visit the murals but during the disco bike ride this year there's going to be a very very special performance as well so don't miss the disco bike ride this year it's not going to be the same as other years okay so we need to get to the disco bike ride to see a special surprise performer we have that giant 30-foot geodesic dome that's going to have a full week of activities down on the waterfront and eight new murals going up around the city this year so far yep so far mm-hmm. so that could change we sometimes have a couple surprise ones that we throw in the last minute that's true our programming launches on the 21st summer solstice from six till eight um and it's not going to be us blah blah blobbing about it we're actually setting up our new hq that we're really excited about on high street as a vernissage as a like an art opening so you'll be able to grab your glass of wine or beer or whatever and walk around um the new space and see the programming on the walls 
And this event is open to anyone in the community to come and see what's in what's in store for us for Festival Inspire this year? Anyone and everyone, and it's free and accessible just like everything else during the week. How important is that to be able to... Super important. Yeah, it's super important. Yeah. To be able to provide this for at no cost for the community. I mean, I know there's an incredible amount of work and thought that goes into this, but then also just to have it available, you know, I think that's so important uh, because it eliminates the boundaries, you know, totally. the barriers that some of us would have to be able to get out and participate in some of these these things in the community. Mm-hmm. And it allows us to really get behind the, the stuff that we say, you know, it's like that, what is the purpose of a festival? Is it to you know, have everybody have everything accessible to them? Is it to bring the whole of the community together? Because we get all kinds of people because there is no, there is no cover, there's no tickets, there's no nothing, it's just show up. We only have one event that's, that's uh, exclusive and that's for our, our sponsors and our partners. We have a VIP mixer event and that's, we pull the artists off the walls early, specifically so they can meet the people who um, brought them here. And for a lot of the artists, it's like their first time in Canada, and, and it's really kind of special for them to be able to, to meet. We're bringing some really interesting people this year, and we're super grateful for the partners that we've had who've, you know, either come on this year because they realized that they wanted to be a part of it, um, or have been a part of the Inspire movement from the very beginning and still still kind of like enabling the, the possibility of what it is we do with the programming each year. So, and Inspire uh, uh, itself is getting international attention at this point. Yeah, for sure. It makes the 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 best, well, I think in 2017 it made the best street art list with Ilko's mural on the back of the castle, mm-hmm. um, which, for the record, was a, uh, a wall that was built out of brick uh, after a fire. So that is not on a heritage wall. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's why it's there kind of thing. It hopefully goes with the Gothic theme. And I think he's almost done renovating that building, Jade Say. It was a really, that was a really cool piece. And he actually invited back one of the muralists, Ilko, who also did the Edith Cabell mural, because uh, he really liked the artwork. He was like, that's so cool, can we get him back? So Ilko's been here twice. I'd bring that guy back, like, every year if I could, actually. But we do have sometimes returnees. This year, too, we have two local muralists from Moncton and one from St. John. So we're really excited about They are doing first-time murals. All two three local first-timers. Yeah. That's important. So we're, we're bringing, we're seeing this festival, we're seeing downtown Moncton and the revitalization of art and economy in this area on the international stage. We're seeing our local people being held up to participate in this movement. Lisa, any final thoughts? Where can we find you? Where can we stay on top of what's going on with Festival Inspire this year? The, the Facebook page has the most up-to-date everything. Um... The Instagram gets active over the course of the festival. And I think the hashtag this year is Festival Inspire 2018. Um, but maybe just check the, the, the Facebook for that uh, coming up to the festival. If you do take any like amazing pictures at the walls or of the events, you can you can tag it that way. Um, best way to check out the program to find out which artists are coming this year and which walls we're going to be doing. So how your city is going to be transforming is to come to the programming launch and then... Uh, yeah, that's on the 21st from 6 to 8. And then um, we have the, the website, obviously, www.festivalinspire.com. And if you haven't yet gone around Moncton or if, you, if you're having a visit to Moncton planned, it's really important to check out all the murals that are existing. There's 32 in the area now, and they are incredible. I really appreciate what you do, Lisa. Thank you and your whole team, the incredible logistics that uh, it takes to pull something together like this. So thank you for taking the time for speaking with me today. Thank you, Kathleen. And uh, looking forward to seeing and being a part of Festival Inspire again this year. See you there.
This has been Atlantic Business Spotlight. Again, your hostess, Kathleen Sutherland. If you have a great story in business in Atlantic Canada that you would like to share or you know someone who does, please reach out to me at info at We'll see you soon.